0: Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Podcasts are presented to you by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. This week 15, you need to be checking out Yahoo. They've got a $1 million guaranteed prize pool tournament, which also has the greatest value proposition in the history of DFS. $250,000 and guaranteed overlay in this contest. It's a $20 entry with only a 10 entry max. If you haven't signed up, make sure you go to rotogrinders.com forward slash Yahoo and use promo code GRINDERS30 for a $30 matching deposit bonus on that first deposit. Check them out this week. It's Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show. I'm your host, Travis going I'm not Britt Divine; He is busy in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, we got a little screenshot of that uh, before the show of Ray and Magic Kingdom. So he's having a blast there. Uh, they decided to call me in, not Dan Bach. He did it the last time. We got three beards this time. Uh, so this should be a really powerful show. Uh, we'll kick it off with Tyler over there. How's it going on over there, man?
2: Feeling pretty good. Ready to get week 15 underway. Uh we were talking about it before we started recording, but it's a pretty ugly 11-game slate. Um,
1: we're going to have to try to pick our battles here. Yeah, my take is this is the worst 11-game slate. Like, I started going through the games on, I believe, and I kind of was talking with somebody, and I said, I'm going to just name the games for you and tell me, like, stop when you hear something you like. And he didn't stop till Pittsburgh and the uh, Patriots. It's a really <laughs> nasty, nasty slate. Uh, I know someone who likes Pittsburgh Patriots. Uh, Scott, how about you? What are you doing with that game?
3: Yeah, uh, I do like it. You know, it's 5 points uh they're over under is 5 points ahead of uh the next closest game on this slate. Um but we can talk about that a little bit later. Uh I you know, Britt, what's going on here? Who takes two vacations during football season and then goes to the same place? I don't know. He, he must really like the the little teacup ride or something, but uh you know, I I feel betrayed and hurt. So uh let's make this the
1: best episode of this podcast yet i'm down uh dude brit is in love man like you can see it in the eyes like it, it, someone that goes to disney twice in one year during football season you're totally in love am i right tyler you yeah, you know he's me. not picking that vacation spot oh 100 percent. but as <laughs> long as there's food as long as there's food there you know brit's all in on that place that's right what do you think Tyler? totally in love and just wants to eat all the food there and keep the girl happy yep, yep. he's just doing what he's got to do <laughs> Yeah, uh, man, I totally want to leak that uh, picture he sent to us on uh, Twitter. I totally want to leak that on uh, you know, on Twitter so everyone can see it, but I'm not going to do that to, to Britt. He's enjoying himself in Disney, though. Hope he has a fun vacation, and maybe he can chip some more money uh, when he plays a couple lineups, I'm sure, uh, while he's there. But uh, let's kind of, uh, before we dive in, let's talk about the FanDuel Single Entry Series. I know you guys will probably be in it. I'm definitely in it. Uh, this thing ends on Sunday. It's your top four scores count, three buy-in tiers. prize tool is the online final, right? So I believe it's like a maybe a $3 or $5 entry fee for the first one. Then there's like a $30 one and there's a $100 one. You can enter all those. I enter them all every single week. Scores haven't been the best, but maybe I can strike big on this last week. Uh, join here. It, you can check it out in Smart Water's post on the Rotor Grinders forum for details on how to participate. Uh, you know, check that out over there. But guys, let's dive in on this slate because it, it's not pretty. I don't know, uh, you know, much to talk about. Like normally at this point in the week, I kind of have some plays I actually like, but. Man, there's not too much that I like so far, but uh, we'll dive in and we'll talk to you first, Tyler. uh, At quarterback, let's talk about your favorite guy, and your favorite one is Andrew Luck, and for good reason. He's been phenomenal all season long. Uh, It seems like this is the game that if you kind of cross off the Pittsburgh uh, Patriots game, say it wasn't on the slate, this seems like the game that I would probably gravitate towards the most. It's in a dome as well, so kind of talk about Luck for me, Tyler.
2: Yeah, it's surprising that like a game total of 47 here it doesn't sound that enticing considering there's 11 games on the slate but it's actually the second highest scoring total on the main slate which is gonna set the mood for this week pretty much uh this indianapolis dallas game is one that has the potential at the over though luck has thrown for multiple touchdowns in nine of his last 10 games averaging over 25 dk points during that span dallas has strong perimeter corners and a quality pass rush but I think luck and the Colts can negate that with their offensive line and with him peppering his tight ends underneath quite often. Uh, he's a guy that I kind of gravitated towards uh, immediately on Monday. And uh, I think I'm going to stick with him so far this week.
1: Yeah. I think that makes some sense. One thing I saw Evan Silva say, which I thought was a uh, pretty sharp, he kind of tweeted out, like when games are close, like what teams are passing more and Andrew Luck is one of those, like in the Colts, like they are passing a ton when the games are close. I forget what the tweet is. Uh, go check out his Twitter; it's probably posted somewhere on there. But uh, I do think if this game is close, which it should be, there should be a lot of passing on their end, and I think Luck is a really good play. Uh, what about you, um, what about you, Tyler? What are you doing with uh, your top end quarterbacks? Uh, Scott, you mean? Uh, yeah, sorry, Scott. Oh, man.
3: <laughs> That's okay. Um, I'm gonna play Ben Roethlisberger. I, I think it's you know pr- pretty easy. I know he's gonna be chalky, but I'm okay with that. He's home this week. Since 2014, he averages 24.2 fantasy points per game at home. Uh, over that same 77-game sample, when he's banged up, when he's on the injury report, he's still averaging uh, 25.7 fantasy points per game. That's across six games. We know he, he, he'll he play when he's, he's banged up and play well. <clears throat> so I'm not too worried about the uh, ribs injury. New England ranks second worst in schedule-adjusted, fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks uh, I kind of like that James Connor is unlikely to play uh, you know Jalen Samuels had more receptions than rushing attempts in college and I think we're going to see Roethlisberger just sort of soak up these free fantasy points uh, you know targeting Samuels on short passes as a extension of the running game uh, plus I, I feel confident about who I want to stack him with so uh, yeah I like I like Big Ben quite a bit
1: Yeah, I think the beauty of this too is that I know this is like the most wonky thing ever, but right, Big Ben's not on the road. He's not in that one o'clock game. He's in the quote unquote primetime game, right? It's the 425 game that everyone will be tuning in on. Uh, Big Ben always normally shows up in those spots. So should be a fun time. Uh, Let's kind of move on and talk about the value guys. And we'll go to you, Tyler. You got Lamar Jackson in there and you got Marcus Mariota. I think the one I prefer the most is Lamar Jackson, but you know, going up against the Bucks, that's kind of concerning because the Bucks he has gotten a little bit better. Uh, Talk about uh, both those quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, they've definitely gotten a little better over the last couple of weeks. Getting healthy is a huge thing for them, where they were struggling with that for much of the year. But Lamar Jackson's rushing upside is something that's really hard to fade. He's rushed for 70-plus yards in each of his four starts, scoring twice on the ground. That floor makes him an enticing fantasy value this week, playing against the second-lowest graded defense in the league uh, by our metrics, and that's the Bucks. Tampa Bay is allowing the highest completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks. The second-most passing touchdowns, the second-highest yards per attempt and the fourth most fantasy points in the position. So not only are we getting a ton of rushing production here with Jackson, he also has a cupcake matchup through the air. Um, They have been getting a little bit better as of late, but it's still not enough for me to worry about him considering the amazing floor that he provides. Um, This floor combined with his attractive passing matchup puts him squarely on the radar for cash for me,
1: and I think he's my lock right now. What about Mariota? Because he wasn't someone that was really on my radar here. I know the Giants obviously aren't that great with defense, but they held Mark Sanchez to zero points, and they had to bring in uh, Jackson. So uh, talk about Mariota.
2: Yeah, I was kind of like stretching for quarterback options here. It's really thin. I mean, we're having a lot of the main quarterbacks we like to pursue. They're not on this 11-game slate. Uh, Mariota's guy I'm kind of – maybe in tournaments I'm kind of interested in stacking with Corey Davis and maybe his tight end, Anthony Ferkser. Uh, but I just kind of like the idea of him – uh, on a game where they need to win and the Giants are playing for nothing, like I just see the Giants kind of giving up, running the ball with Saquon until they're afraid he gets injured, and just letting uh, their backups play. Um, I think the Titans, I think they're 7-6 and six right now or something like that. Uh, they need to win to continue to keep playing in the playoffs. And we've kind of just seen them take like almost a whole week off after letting Derrick Henry, Henry run for 200-plus yards last week. Uh, I'm excited to see this
1: passing attack get back on track here against the Giants. All right. Now let me get this name right. It's Scott. I'm a first time uh first-time caller, longtime listener. I was just a little bit nervous. I listen to this show every week. So uh let's go to you, Scott. Talk about your mid-tier guys, because I think you got some interesting options that I'm excited about.
3: Uh yeah. So I wrote up Dak, Lamar Jackson, Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, and then uh <clears throat> two sort of probably dumb contrarian plays. Uh of those four quarterbacks, um, you know, Dak's been doing pretty well recently. He's mispriced uh, a little bit. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, obvious case Uh, Tyler likes him too. Mitch Trubisky uh, should see a bounce back game from him. But I think the the toughest call of all these uh, is the one I like the most right now. And that's Josh Allen. So he's our least efficient quarterback by passer rating this year. It doesn't matter. Uh, He leads all quarterbacks in fantasy points over the last three weeks, set a new record for rushing yards Um, so, so, uh, he also ranks among all running backs second in rushing yards and fifth in rushing fantasy points over this span. That's just crazy. And, uh, I've talked about this before on this, this podcast, being a a prolific runner is basically a cheat code for fantasy. And, uh, it's really hard to avoid Josh Allen. I think uh, we were talking Yahoo before the, the show. I think he, if I remember correctly, he's super cheap on Yahoo this week.
1: He, I think he is cheap there. He was, I believe, $23 last week and I played him. So uh, I'm sure it didn't go much up. Maybe it went up a, a buck or two, but uh, yeah, Josh Allen's a guy I wanted to pull the trigger on last week in cash. I, I didn't end up pulling the trigger. I went pretty heavy on the show Watson, but you're right. It is a cheat code to play those quarterbacks. And I already see looking at the rotor runners ownership on FanDuel specifically, Josh Allen's one of the highest, uh, you know, owned quarterbacks. So I really do like Josh Allen. Dak Prescott was another guy that I was kind of considering that I thought was a good play. Cause you can get into that game. Do you like him a lot, Scott, or are you more on Allen? Uh,
3: I mean, as it stands, I, I'm probably on on Allen, but, uh, you know, Dak makes a lot of sense because now we're seeing uh, Zeke get Christian McCaffrey-type uh, target volume, uh, so that's free fantasy points for Dak Prescott. He has, like, I think five rushing touchdowns over his last eight games, something like that, and, you know, Indianapolis is going to put up points, so maybe Dallas can't really... Play their typical slow paced, run heavy style of football. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper's addition to this game, it's looking like a new offense entirely. Uh, it's going to be a close call. Uh, probably depends on, on whoever's the better value on both sides. But I, I did uh, notice right off the bat that Dak was, was probably the most mispriced of the quarterbacks on DraftKings and FanDuel this week.
1: Yeah, there definitely felt like there was a mispricing there. We'll get to it. There's a mispricing on Amari Cooper too. Uh, it's the, a lot of these Dallas guys right. feel like they're going to have some uh, ownership for sure this week. Uh, let's kind of go to you, Tyler, and talk about some of your value quarterbacks uh, kind of dive in and let me know who you like. Cause you didn't uh, have, you didn't have many guys you loved in the mid tier, any value guys you want. to play?
2: Yeah. It's a very thin week at the quarterback position. Um, I, I'm still kind of diving into the quarterback position. It's normally one that I wait till the end of the week. Uh, and trying to gravitate more towards stacks. Um, That's kind of how I pick my quarterback. Uh, But Jeff Driscoll is a guy I'd like to mention. Uh, This Cincinnati-Oakland game is one where I think it could hit the over. Both these defenses are pretty terrible, and we saw last week both offenses were able to hang with their opponents and put up some points. Maybe they both just have similar results this week where both offenses click, both defenses perform poorly. Uh, Driscoll isn't a guy that's been blowing it up lately, and I don't think he's on many people's radar, but I like the idea of playing him and maybe some Derek Carr as well in some uh, Oakland Cincinnati stacks.
1: Yeah, it is worth noting uh, when you're talking tournaments and trying to stack up games. It, it's nice to get these teams that are non-divisional opponents, right? Because they don't know each other, and uh, when they're bad defenses, they can obviously shoot out a ton. Uh, what about you, Scott? Uh, what are your uh, kind of lower, lower, lower guys, or maybe see, I see you got some dumb contrarian stacks. actually got uh, "quote unquote" in there. But uh, let's see what you got for uh, some of, uh, some of your stacks of the quarterback.
3: Yeah, so I, I I like that Tyler had the the stones to mention Jeff Driscoll, and he's he's not wrong <laughs> at all. Uh, and we have to mention Derek Carr as well. You know, if you don't love the Pittsburgh-New England game, uh, you you know, a sort of contrarian uh, game stack is going to be that Cincinnati-Oakland game, which is either going to be really good for fantasy because these are really two bad defenses. or are really bad because these are also not really great offenses. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mentioned two contrarian plays. I, I think this is a massive get-right spot for Kirk Cousins. And, you know, we've seen teams rally – before following the the firing of of an offensive coordinator. Cousins has shown uh, this season he has tournament-winning upside. Uh, You know, based on target volume throughout the year and production, uh, you know, you could go with a Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen game stack, and nothing about that matchup is prohibitive. Um, But my dumb contrarian play, uh, that would be – Aaron Rodgers in the worst possible matchup. Um, but, you know, it is Aaron Rodgers, uh, and I, I'd have to stack him with Tariq Cohen, who also has tournament winning upside, but that is almost entirely based on if Chicago is trailing for a, a large portion of the game and then also uh, playing Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams, probably Adams. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot of quarterback Plays this week, just like last week, with with very few who stand out. Except for me, like I said, again, I I do like this Pittsburgh-New England game.
1: Yeah, uh, I I will say this, Uh, you know, you talk about Rodgers, I did when they played the first week, I did put some money when I heard uh, Rodgers was hurt. I put some money on the Packers when they were plus 1200. The second that I heard Rodgers win, I was like, this guy could rally it back. I'm a Packers fan, Uh, gave me some rooting interest too. So uh, that ended up working out well for me. So yeah, I'm a a huge fan of that. I think the Rodgers thing is just totally contrarian there. Uh, You got anything else, Tyler? You want to move on to the running backs? Uh, That's all I have for quarterback. We can move on to the next position. All right, uh, we'll go to you, Tyler, because you got two guys who are absolute studs, right? You got Barkley at the top, you got Zeke, and I think they're going to be cash game staples. They're going to be guys that I'm loading up in my lineups. Uh, what are you kind of doing with those two guys? Are they just uh, you know, just clear and above everyone else?
2: Exactly, and they're both cash locks for me. Zaquan, um, I, I don't care about the exorbitant price tag, whether he's running by defenders or hurtling over them. He's showing everyone that he's worth every DFS dollar. He has four straight 100-yard outings on the ground, scoring 30-plus DK points in three of his last four. He is our number one graded running back on the season, ranks top five in yards after contact per attempt, missed tackles, breakaway percentage. Those are runs of 15-plus yards and fantasy points per snap. Add in that he's also adding 7.2 targets per game, and there's, like, little reason to try to fade Saquon. As far as Zeke, ever since the addition of Amari Cooper, uh, this entire offense has opened up and has allowed them to become a team that is orchestrating very, very well. They're firing on all cylinders, and they're the team to beat now in the NFC East. He draws a favorable matchup here against the Colts. Should be one of the fastest-paced games of the week. Cowboys have been passing more since the Amari acquisition. They're top 13 in pass play percent since then, and the Colts are no slouch either in the passing department. They're ranking second. This uptick in overall play volume I think is going to benefit Zeke, who's already seeing a ton of volume from weeks one through 10. He was seeing 22.6 per game over the last four weeks. He's at 32.5. That's absurd. I'm not fading any kind of 30 touchback whatsoever. I'm going to have heavy exposure in tournaments as well with them.
1: Yeah, I love how you mentioned Barkley. Uh, was he worth the first round pick? I won't ask you that. We don't have like hours to be here to debate that. But uh, yeah, Zeke is like, you know, the new CMC now, it feels like nowadays. Uh, Scott, talk about uh, Zeke and all the other studs that you like here at the top because, uh, man, Zeke just seems like he's too hard to get away from.
3: No, Zeke is an absolute must play. And like, despite his high price tag, he's actually like one of my top three values on FanDuel. And that's because over his last five games, he's averaging like 24 carries, eight targets per game remember targets are worth like 1.8 times as much as a carry in PPR league. So this is arguably the best volume I've ever seen from anyone at any position over a five game sample. Um, so, you know, I, I have to play him no matter what Saquon really close second. I I'm going to beat myself up <clears throat> because, you know, I said like Sunday uh, or Monday, you know, here's what you do to win in DFS. You, you play, you uh three try your hardest to play three of Zeke Gurley McCaffrey Saquon and then just call it a day you know you you've you've mastered that position but here I am hyping up at a similar price tag but slightly better values uh Joe Mixon and Leonard Fournette Mixon's risky he's been boomer bust all year uh you know volume has been hit or miss but you know he's another guy who saw Massive volume last week. What was it? Like 33 touches. I think they lean heavy on him again in an amazing matchup with a backup quarterback. Uh, and then Leonard Fournette is, is, you know, if I'm going chalky with the Pittsburgh, New England game stack, uh, maybe this is how I get uh, some contrarian ownership. So Fournette's been in and out of games due to injury suspension He's only played 19 quarters this season and only 16 full quarters, but, but fine. Across these 19 quarters, he totals 97 expected fantasy points or 20.4 expected fantasy points per four quarters, which would rank behind only Todd Gurley in expected fantasy points per game. Uh, what does that mean? It just means only Todd Gurley is seeing better volume than Leonard Fournette has this season. Now, he's seven-point favorites up against a Josh Johnson-led Washington a team that since week nine is giving up 30.5 fantasy points per game, 5.34 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Uh, If that's not worse, it's got to be in the bottom three. Uh, So, you know, people are going to sleep on him, but but he's one of my top plays of the week.
1: Man, I have not played for him at all season. Uh, he felt like a guy I maybe wouldn't touch at all, but you're starting to sell me a little bit more on him here. Uh, definitely think he's interesting. Uh, I also agree that I think, uh, you know, Joe Mixon is a pretty good play. Tyler, I think you think Joe Mixon is a good play too, it sounds like. So uh, talk to me about him.
2: Yeah, I mean, Scott nailed it there. Uh, he was 6400 last week. Now they lowered his price after <laughs> a 27.8 DK outing, 6100 uh, I think he could be top three in ownership this week, to be honest. Um, I don't know, the Raiders have allowed the second most rushing yards, supposing backs. Six different backs have hit the century mark against them. Mixon's coming off a season-high 26 carries with six targets. Uh, definitely a guy that I want a lot of this week. And I'm all about the four-net play as well. I love the idea of pairing him with his defense. I think that's a great correlation play that uh, it's going to cost a little bit more if you pay out for defense. But, I mean, at this point in the season, we're, we know what we're getting when we're facing the Redskins. Like, that's it, worth it. Um, another guy I think that's worth playing, uh, priced here down is Dalvin cook. He's a player that I rarely ever recommend, but I think I'm jumping in this week here against Miami cook is seeing 67% of the running back touches over the past four weeks, 15 touches per game, seven point home favorite here, taking on a dolphins defense that has allowed 20 plus DK points to eight different backs so far this year, Miami is allowing the third most red zone trips for game, allowing a high touch on equity for Dalvin here. I think there's plenty of chances for Cook and the Vikings
1: here to score, given their 26-point implied total. Yeah, it sounds like things are going well now for my uh, Dalvin Cook season-long shares. They're finally going to pay off for the playoffs here. Uh, we'll have to see. But they did fire the offensive coordinator, too. They got that narrative there. It worked for the Packers. Uh, maybe it works here for the Vikings. I've heard Mike zimmer has uh, been beating the drum up. We need to run more. We need to run more. So I think that's possible that that could go down. Uh, you also have one more guy to mention, and I think we all are going to agree we like him. Uh, got any interest in Jalen Samuels?
2: Yeah, it, we saw last week that they're not afraid to use him out of the backfield as a receiver, and I think they're going to do that quite often this week here with the Patriots. Uh, it really depends on Connor's status. It's up in the air right now. I heard he was walking around in the facility without any kind of limp, so it's something to monitor. But if he's not playing, Samo's is
1: a guy I think you can play. as a tremendous value. Yeah, Scott, uh, talk about Samuel, because you got him as like a, a lockish kind of guy for you, and he, he's one of those for me, someone I'm going to be getting a lot of exposure to in cash, uh, and you love this Steelers game, so talk about Jalen Samuels.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So he played on 80% of the snaps in Week 14. He saw 81% of the team's expected running back fantasy points. He saw he totaled 17.9 expected, uh, which ranked eighth among running backs, and he scored 16.2. Um, which ranks 16th. So that's that's really good volume, really good production. He's basically uh, a low-end RB1 for me, uh, especially in a game that it looks like Pittsburgh's going to have to lean heavy on him through the air. It's where he scored 60% of his, his uh, expected fantasy points last week. Again, had more receptions than rushing attempts in college. Pittsburgh's underdogs are the Patriots. Uh, Patriots have been getting sort of gashed to uh, receiving running backs for two straight years now. Uh, just everything... is is shaping up for a monster game for him. And he's he's not really priced like it. So uh, I do like him quite a bit this week.
1: Yeah. Uh, Any other guys that you want for cheaper? Then we can go to the actual opportunity article here, Scott. I didn't forget it. Well, I kind of did, but uh, we can obviously dive into it. Any other running backs that you guys have interest in, Scott or Tyler?
3: Um, I want to say
1: I like Dalvin
3: too, uh, although he's a a tournament play. Um, Possibly Jeff Wilson
1: uh, and vaguely Doug Martin. All right, let's kind of go over now and talk about your actual opportunity article, Devin. If you could fire it up, uh, I will show uh, you know part of the article here. And one thing that I thought that was interesting, you had Chris Godwin in there. So uh, talk about your article and uh, discuss it.
3: Uh, yeah, so I think by now everyone knows what this article is. Uh, it's my baby. Um, you know, someone reached out to me on on Twitter, Neil Ragland. He's won like eighty thousand dollars, like. Seemingly every week he like tweets me, "Hey, great article this week," and it's like a, another twenty thousand win for him. Uh, but uh, you know, the heart of my research and all my articles is, <clears throat> comes from this because volume is more important than production or efficient or more predictive than production, more important than efficiency. Uh, so really, it looks at at volume and it has an accurate way of measuring it. Uh, a guy like Chris Godwin's the ultimate, you know, bounce back candidate sort of anti-recency bias play he had 10 targets last week which is great uh ranked as a wide receiver one in terms of expected fantasy points unfortunately only one of those targets was actually catchable and he caught it um, but his volume has been amazing when Deshaun Jackson or Mike Evans have been out over the past two seasons that's been five games looks like Jackson's gonna be out again the average is 16.8 expected 14.5 actual, 136 air yards, 8.8 targets, 1.4 end zone targets, 2.4 deep targets per game. That's that's easily you know low end wide receiver one numbers. Uh, he does have a tough matchup this week, but uh, uh, you could tell me what the ownership looks like on him. But uh, he is a guy I'm definitely considering this week. I talk about uh, some other plays: um, Zeke McCaffrey, Fournette. Why I like them. Jalen Samuels. Why I think he's chalky. Uh, Alvin Kamara, why he's hard to trust. Uh, Kenny Stills, why he's a a DFS value. And you can scroll all the way to the bottom, and you'll notice uh, the top values on both sites by uh, recent expected fantasy points per game. Uh, Not always does that mean they're a good play, like Peyton Barber, Zay Jones, Tajay Sharp, Michael Gallup, yuck. But, uh, you
1: know, they they have been seeing uh, good volume. Yeah. And I've Chris Godwin's ownership here. Uh, Looking at FanDuel, we have him at 5%. People just aren't going to go back to him, right? Uh, It's just one of those things. He burned everyone. He was the chalk. Uh, Everyone on Twitter was so excited for Chris Godwin, including myself, Uh, you know, played him the week before. It was good times. And now that I got burned, I don't want to go back to it. And even the matchup against the Ravens is difficult, right? Right. It really is. But, you know, it's, it's, it's
3: the volume he's seeing at his price tag is he's just with that factored in. I, I think he's still very,
1: very playable. Yeah, and, and no one's like ever like, yeah, I want to fire up against the Ravens defense. So uh, I don't even see it getting over five percent. It's definitely interesting. And I saw that tweet on Twitter that you had of the guy that just keeps shipping all the money, man. Like uh, that guy's just been winning every single week. It seems like.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's putting together way better lineups than I am. So so props to him. Yeah.
1: But. Uh... <laughs> Well, definitely check out the opportunity cost article. Hey, listen, he's shipping like money every single week, guys. Uh, It's not too late to get in on this. Uh, you guys obviously will have playoff stuff too. I've had some success in the playoff GBP. So check that out. Uh, let's kind of move on over now and talk about the receiver position. Uh, Let's see. Uh at the top I remember Tyler, you were looking at uh, Juju, he's a guy that you like. Adam Thielen, who was like the best wide receiver for the first eight weeks of the season, and it feels like he's fallen off. And then uh you know, injured Odell Beckham Jr. will be back at it. So uh, who's your favorite of these three studs and talk about?
2: I think it would be Juju yeah. on FanDuel. Yeah, on FanDuel specifically. Both sides. He, he, both sides, to be honest. Yeah. Uh He's just a great value on Fanduel where he's 13% of your budget versus DK where he's 16% of it. Uh, but either way, I want to play him. Stephon Gilmore is playing lights out football right now. He's our number two graded cornerback. He's expected to shadow Antonio Brown in this matchup. Um, as such, I'll be going heavy on Juju at Big Ben Stacks, I'm trying to see that this will probably be the way the Steelers move the ball. The best way to attack New England is over the middle of the field, which is why I think that it's such a great stack here, as well as using Jalen Samuels and Vance McDonald. Guys that attack the center of the field against New England are the ones that I want to pursue this week. Juju leads the league in both targets and receptions over the middle of the field per Reeves' worksheet. He trails only Julio and Thielen in receiving yards and has the most targets among all players over the last four weeks. His pricing is easier on Fanduel, like I said, but I think he's a guy that I think you want a high exposure to. Much more than the field.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I guess we'll go we'll go to uh, Scott real quick because I do want to ask you this question. Uh, what are you kind of doing with Juju? Because again, it sounds like you like him, but are you worried that he's the new number one in town and Bill Belichick just doubles him up? Because we know he likes to take away the number one weapon.
3: Uh no, I, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think Belichick's willing to let himself get beat by Antonio Brown because he's he's had that happen to him before. Um, but, uh, yeah, over the, the past four weeks, uh, you know, Smith-Schuster has had better volume. Uh, last year, what did Belichick do? He did treat Brown like the wide receiver one uh, and, and sold out to stop him. Brown only had 24 yards and two catches. Smith-Schuster caught six passes for 114. Uh, but uh, New England struggled against slot wide receivers for a number of years now. They're giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers after getting up the most in 2017, the fourth most in 2016, maybe, maybe it is Brown. So maybe uh, get some exposure, but I don't think so. I think, uh, I think Smith Schuster's uh, the best play of the slate.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now that we're done talking about Juju and how great of a play is, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be on him, but there is reason, obviously, if Antonio Brown does get like 5% ownership or something crazy like that. Uh, it's definitely something that we can talk about when we get to the tournament segment. Uh, but let's go back to you, Tyler. Uh, you didn't get a chance to uh, talk about Thielen and Odell Beckham, and I want you to be able to uh, rant about them and how great of plays they can be this week. So uh, talk about
2: We mentioned earlier that the Vikings fired their offensive coordinator. I think it makes a lot of sense for his replacement to go back to what worked early in the season, targeting Thielen relentlessly. Xavier Howard, if he plays, should line up mostly against Stephon Diggs, leaving Thielen with the softer cornerback matchups and Bobby McCain and Minka Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick has performed pretty well in the slot, but McCain is our number 91 graded cornerback. His quarterback rating allowed is nearly twice of what Fitzpatrick has allowed, and those are the targets that we want. Julian Edelman went for nine for 86 and a touchdown and Zay Jones went for four for 67 and two touchdowns over the past two weeks against uh, this team. And I think we're going to see a lot of success here for Thielen in the slot here against the dolphins, um, big fantasy outing potential for him and Odell Beckham. I mean, monitor his practice participation, but if he gets the green light, he's got a quality matchup here as well. Tennessee is allowing the fifth most fantasy points opposing wide receivers. No stranger to allowing big outings to players with speed. We've seen field stretchers like T.Y. Hilton, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, and Tyrell Williams all go for 100-plus yards and a touchdown against them. Beckham isn't a world-class sprinter, but he knows how to set up a DB and get behind him. Wouldn't be shocked at all if he finishes this game with 100 and a score. And, I mean, the Titans are going to be trying to be playing for a playoff spot, as I mentioned earlier. Wouldn't Wouldn't be surprising to see the Giants try to play the role of spoiler.
1: All right, let's go over to you, Scott, and talk about some of the guys that you're interested in at the wide receiver position. Uh, you know, I see at the top uh, besides Juju, who's like your absolute lock, you got T. Y. Hilton, who did me great last week, Amari Cooper, who I think is gonna be a chalky option, and you do also like the uh, Thelon uh, Diggs combo for the Vikings because it seems like it's gonna be a get-right spot where they just kind of attack that uh, you know passing game. So, uh, what are you doing at the uh, top tier besides Juju? Uh,
3: yeah, I, I, I like Thielen and Diggs. I think it's tough to to pick specifically one of them. Um, Amari Cooper, uh, still mispriced. I think especially so on FanDuel, uh, you know, since he's come to Dallas, he ranks, uh, second among wide receivers in fantasy points per game. Volume hasn't been as good. Um, but you know, production's certainly there, which makes him very mispriced. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good matchup. Uh, good volume always in play for tournaments and, uh, sticking with this Pittsburgh, New England game. Uh, you have to like Julian Edelman, who's just been so productive, maybe more of a cash play than a tournament play, but uh, so productive since returning from suspension, uh, good volume. Uh, and Pittsburgh is a slot funnel defense. They rank bottom five in fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. Uh, and I think top five to to outside wide receivers. Uh, so it just makes sense that New England would lean heavy on him this week. Uh, and then there's a number of value plays uh, I, I like. I don't know if you – want me to get into that just now
1: um yeah dive into the value plays. talk about the guys that you're really interested in
3: <clears throat> Kenny Stills so uh he's seen really good volume production over the past two weeks I don't think that's a coincidence that came after complaining about a lack of targets uh Curtis Samuel has an ideal matchup this week uh, he's also seeing good volume good production back-to-back 80 plus yard games with eight or more targets and uh, New Orleans is giving up the most fantasy points per game to right wide receivers. That's where he spends uh, just about 50% of, the, of his time. Uh, also, the most schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game to wide receiver twos, which he is now because of DJ Moore. Uh, Chris Godwin we talked about, I like. And then just like other vaguely sort of in-play guys I don't want to spend too much time on. You can make a case for Randall Cobb, Lowry Fitzgerald, Kiki Kuti based on slot matchups. Same two for Tyler Boyd, but I uh, yeah, don't really love those guys. Uh, do you think still Samuel and Godwin are, are the best of those value plays we were talking about?
1: All right, Tyler, talk about some of the value plays that you have interesting because it seems like you got some similar uh, takes as Scott, but you got a couple of guys who are a little bit different as well.
2: Yeah, I'll touch on the guys that are different here. Uh, we both like Hilton and Amari. Uh, Tyler Boyd's a guy that's really uh, interesting to me this week, so we have to make some stands on terrible slates. And one that I'm doing is the Raiders Bengals game. I want to play this one with quite a bit of volume. He Boyd has seen decent volume with Driskel under center, eight and six targets, but it's the matchup here against Oakland that intrigues me the most, considering how bad they are on defense. Uh, in week 14 or week 13, AJ Green ran 10 routes before he got taken out due to injury. Boyd finished that game running 88% of his routes from the slot. The next week in week 14, he didn't run a single slot route. So it's very interesting to see how the Bengals offensive uh, group does with Boyd in week 15, whether or not they want to try to attack the Raiders via the slot. Uh, that's where they're the most vulnerable. Slot cornerback Nick Nelson would be our lowest graded cornerback if he had enough snaps to qualify. Um, it's I'm just really at a loss right now to figure out where they line up Boyd this week, considering that he didn't run a single slot for a slot route last week. Um, I don't know if you know anything about that, Scott, but it's something that's uh, one, something I wanted to dig into a bit more prior to kickoff. What's that about Tyler Boyd playing mostly on the perimeter now? now oh that yeah,
3: um, I, I thought he was still slot, but uh, you know, I didn't double check, so that, that's a good call.
2: Yeah, it's something to look into. Uh, the other guy I'm kind of interested in is Corey Davis. I mean, his volume has been really poor over the last few weeks, but again, that w- they've had that huge uh, lopsided game last week where they didn't really need to pass at all. Should bounce back here against the Giants where they need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. They're currently 2.5-point dogs. Should be passing heavy in that game script. He's another volatile wide receiver option. I think he needs to hit pay dirt, though, to kind of pay off and warrant any kind of rostering. Uh, it's kind of a rough week at wide receiver to be honest
1: yeah I'm definitely interested in that Tyler Boyd news because I've been playing him like all season long it's been really good times every time I played him it's worked out so uh, hopefully Tyler Boyd could be a really interesting tournament guy Uh, still mad that he got hurt that one week uh, because I'm at 0.6 percent owned and he was absolutely crushing but um, any other wide receivers you guys want to talk about that we missed Uh, I know you got a couple dart throws Scott you want to discuss those uh, by the way,
3: it looks like uh, Boyd played 79, then 88, then 55% of the snaps from the slot. So, you know, it does look like a reduction, might just be a one-off thing. But, uh, you know, there's still enough for him to take advantage of uh, what is a good matchup. Um, yeah, I, I said Boyd's vaguely in play, Allen Robinson, uh, Corey Davis, too, is a guy I spent some time on, uh, you know, Giants can't stop wide receiver ones, but, you know, Corey Davis, man, he, he just, he keeps burning me. It's not even really a matchup thing. It looks like, and uh, Tajay Sharp and, and Taewon Taylor are you know, really good values. And I, I think all three are, are just kind of vaguely in play and um, don't really like any of them, to be honest. Uh, I, I get what you're saying about it. It's a, a tough uh, wide receiver week, especially because uh, we're trying to pay down because we like the expense of running backs, but uh, that's, that's really all I got. Um Juju Smith-Schuster looks like my lock right now. Um, do you like Edelman, Amari, uh, T.Y.? And then of the value, uh, Stills, Curtis Samuel, uh, Chris Godwin.
1: Yeah, still feels like one of the guys you talked about in your opportunity article that's going to be in that uh, lineup that guy's just going to ship all the money with. Uh, Seems like a guy that's uh, not a bad tournament play. Speaking of uh, tournaments, I want to dive in and talk about the tournaments. Uh, Yahoo's got a really awesome contest. I don't know if you guys uh, saw it. Uh, We talked about it a little bit before the show. I know Devin's excited. I'm excited. I'm sure you guys are, too. If you haven't heard of it, it's a 10-entry max. They're giving away, I believe, 250 k in just free rake. The thing will not fill as well, so there'll be even more just free money going around that we can uh, you know take and it's 100k up top the to first in a really flat uh payout structure i think uh second place might be 50k third is 30k it's just a really really awesome contest so uh let's kind of talk about some tournaments uh and you know if scott's playing that scott you're going to be playing the uh the big ben the uh samuels juju smith schuster and you're gonna run it back with julian edelman I right? correct
3: <laughs> yeah that doesn't sound uh like like a bad idea at all uh let's see uh yeah. Also, also Gronkowski is kind of in play. Uh, we could talk about him a little bit later. Um, but yeah, Edelman, Brady, uh, Roethlisberger, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, and maybe a little bit of Gronk. Yeah, that that sounds about right to me. Uh, can't trust the running backs with uh, Rex Burkhead back uh, and and Jalen Samuels. Of course, feeling very lockish. You know, reminds me of uh, um, you know last year, or two years ago. Uh, the entire Pittsburgh game stack uh, just kept winning money. Where it was like Ben uh, Bell, one to two receivers, and the defense somehow just just all coming together. Um, but yeah, so I, I really do like that that game uh, um, that game again. And just to reiterate my my point, so the over under is fifty one point five. The next closest main slate over under is forty six point five. Uh, which is the same difference between them and the uh, that's the Baltimore game and the the third worst game of the slate, which is Houston at at Jess, which has a 41.5 point over under. So so really there's just like a massive difference between in my eyes between this game and everything else. And, and I'll have to look at projected ownership. Uh, I know your site does a good job with that. My site does it too. Um, but Uh, As it looks right now, I just think that's the game to, to, to go
1: sort of all in on. Now, Tyler, I'm sure you're going to have exposure to this game, but I'm going to give you the difficult task. Uh, talk about the rest, like because in tournaments, right? Uh, everyone's going to be saying, "Hey, I'm going to be stacking up the Patriots and Steelers game." I just feel like everyone's going to have exposure to it. I'm not saying you can't play guys in that game. I think the tournament approach that I'm personally going to take is not as much game stacking in that game, but just getting pieces, right? Maybe at least every team has at least one pair or has two or three. Uh, just not going all the way with the quarterback because uh, there's just so many you know different variations outcomes that quarterbacks can have. So uh, I want you to really dive in and talk about some of these other games which ones are more appealing as game stacks?
2: so what's great about yahoo is they include the sunday night football game and we've got the rams versus the nick Foles led eagles i'm talking rams onslaughts here this is what i'm looking at Uh, it's going to cost a lot of your money but you can get a piece of the steelers game jalen samuels only 16 bucks on yahoo those are the cheap pieces you need maybe like vance mcdonald introduce him as well Um, those are cheap pieces that you can get part uh, part of that 52 point game that we want to target Um, But I love the idea of going with some heavy Rams here. Uh, Other games that I think are worth stacking up are the Cowboys and Colts. Uh, That's a game I'm really interested in. I've mentioned the Raiders, Bengals quite a few times. Uh, I'm trying to think of a contrarian one. And it's tough, man. Maybe some Vikings onslaughts against Miami.
1: Yeah, you guys, we all kind of like talked about the Vikings and having interest in them, having a resurgence. Here's one maybe you might be interested in, Tyler. And it's not pretty, but you talked about two of these guys as studs you like. You like Barkley. You like Odell Beckham, uh, run it back with Eli Manning. That's never a pretty thing to do, but uh, you can obviously simply just put Corey Davis in there as a guy to run it back with, and that's an easy four-man stack. It's tough, man. A 43-point total. <laughs> uh, it's a rough week. It really is. Uh, you're going to need to
2: make some stretches here, but I think this is a week where if you do a bit more research than everyone else, it could really pay off tenfold considering the chalk, there isn't much chalk to go around.
1: Yeah. And I think if you do kind of just, you know, do your, do your own research, dive in really deep, you're just going to have a, your own contrarian approach and you don't have to just go really wonky and do some crazy things. Uh, does anyone have any interest? Here's a game that I thought, you know, when I first saw, and again, it's doesn't have a high total. It's in like the 44, 43 range. It's Seattle and the Niners. And, uh, you know, we played some value Niners and we'll obviously get the Kittle, who's a great tight end play, but uh, Russell Wilson's been super efficient. And there's a little bit of a funnel there with the Niners. So any interest in maybe some Niners exposure, Scott?
3: um yeah i I guess I don't know C- Carson's vaguely in play uh I do like Tyler Lockett uh he's just been insanely efficient all year uh doug baldwin's day to day um but uh I don't know Pro- probably not um did mention that Oakland Cincinnati game, but even that it's uh there's not really a lot of names to like um yeah, I don't know. Uh, you, you guys kind of know my my thoughts on this. Uh, hopefully, there's going to be like really bad f- false weather concerns or something to get people off of uh, this Pittsburgh New England game, but uh, but we'll see.
1: Well, well, Tyler brought up a good point, right? That that Eagles-Rams game is still on there. So maybe that'll kind oh, of on do, Yahoo, yeah. Yeah, on Yahoo, yeah. And I'm just, I mean, tournaments, obviously, but I'm talking Yahoo because I think that's super interesting and going to be a, a, basically a tournament that's talked about a lot throughout the industry this week. But uh, I did want to ask you this because uh, I know Tyler touched on the Rams side and going on top, but if we do play Nick Foles and we do play the Eagles, uh, what do we play it with? That's kind of the issue, and I really don't like playing Eagles too much. So, Scott, what are you kind of doing with the Eagles side? Um but by, by the way, I do think it is
3: a, a really good get-right spot for for Goff and uh all of Rams the Rams wide receivers are, are very in play this week. Uh but on the Eagles side, I think it's really only Ertz. We we have a decent sample of uh of of Ertz games by now and it and it really does look like uh uh Ertz is the the top guy for Foles. Um and decent decent production there, best volume on the team. Uh, so I guess he's the guy to play, but, um, I haven't really spent too much time with it.
1: Yeah, I totally get it. All these like 50 totals are not on the slate, right? We got Eagles, uh, Rams not on the slate. We got Saints, uh, Panthers not on the slate. And then we also have that Chiefs, uh, Chargers game, uh, the 50 total not on the slate. So it's definitely a weird week. Uh, any other takes Tyler from these games? I know you had interest in the Cowboys Colts game. Any, uh, any ways that you want to stack that one up?
2: I just like that. Hilton and Cooper they're both 23 bucks I did want to mention that so thank you for bringing it up those are both pretty good values for this week for, considering the volume that both these guys are seeing and their ceilings um it, it's fun like I love that this tournament is a 10 max uh 10 entry max where we're not going to see 150 entries here uh people are limited to what they can do so
1: I don't know have fun with it it's <laughs> yeah, gonna it- be a good one it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, you guys like GBP, Brit, man, get out of here. We don't want your 150 lineups. Uh, I'm i I'm kind of like a single or like to five lineup guy. And uh, I'm really excited for this tournament. Uh, I'm firing 10 in there, and it should be a really good time. Makes sense to do the Cowboys side, right? They're rolling right now. Go a little uh, Dak Prescott, Zeke with Cooper. We just know how much like the targets are funneled there. And then just run it back with Hilton. Uh, I think that makes a ton of sense there. Or even Eric Ebron, because he's a guy that we can talk about here, moving into tight end. And Ebron, Kittle, uh, they're both phenomenal plays. It seems like we're in agreement that they are the top tight ends on this slate. Scott, kick us off. What are you doing at the tight end position? Uh, yeah,
3: so I, I think that's exactly right. It's just everyone knows what the, the plays are, and it's George Kittle and Eric Ebron uh, with Ertz off the slate, except for, um, except for Yahoo and uh, um, uh, Travis Kelsey off the slate as well. Uh, I also kind of like Austin Hooper, who's, who's sort of a value based on recent volume um also with uh um julio jones expected to be shadowed by patrick peterson um but uh Huber does have a few double digit target games this year uh don't really see a massive ceiling from him but he is a slight value though really i think uh I, i'm gonna have like 90 percent exposure to either kittle or, or ebron they're just both still relative values and uh the edge they give you you over any other tight end is just massive. Um, You know, Kittle's arguably having the best, uh, or I should say most efficient tight end season uh, I've ever seen in terms of yards per route run, yards after the catch per reception. Uh, And then he's on pace to set the all time single season tight end record uh, in terms of yardage. Um, And then Eric Ebron, I mean, leading all receivers and touchdowns, it's just, you know, uh, and, and they're both not priced like that, um, so I, I, I think I'm I'm really going to have
1: uh, heavy exposure to both those guys. Yeah, you know, one thing I also like about that little narrative there with Kittle getting all those yards is uh, Kyle Shanahan was kind of pissed at himself because he was like, "Man, dude, I didn't get you like the receiving yards in a game record, so you better believe he's going to make sure he pours it on with Kittle." And he'll uh, give him some two touchdowns. That's my prediction. There we go. Uh, two touchdowns Take for Kittle. Yeah, that sounds awesome to me. Uh, Tyler, you're probably agreeing same thing here. Uh, Kittle, Ebron, are you just going to go all in on those guys or any anyone else make you kind of interested? No, I think I'm going to spread out my tight end exposure this week. Um, I don't think Kittle is
2: a, a must play, but I definitely agree he's a very, very strong play. Um, Ebron's just another guy. It's so hard to fade. Uh, he's seeing so many targets. He leads all tight ends and targets over the past three weeks. The Cowboys have allowed the second most targets to opposing tight ends. Hard to fade him as well. Uh, If you're looking down at cheaper guys, Jared Cook's another guy. He's just about the only Raider that you can play with confidence. Coming off back-to-back 100-yard outings, he scored in three of his last four games. Takes on the Bengals, who ranks top 10 in most fantasy points allowed at the position. Vance McDonald's another guy that I kind of have some vague interest in. Uh, Tight ends have fared rather well against New England this year. Their slow linebackers make it easy for both tight ends and running backs to get receptions underneath. Vance hasn't seen a ton of targets lately, which is a bit concerning, but we're seeing the highest game of the week. And that's kind of what we're targeting with tight ends guys that have touchdown potential. Vance definitely has that because the, the Patriots have allowed the fifth most touchdowns to opposing tight ends in the year. And then down at the very bottom, Anthony Ferkser for the Titans is a guy that I'm interested in. He's seen limited snaps, but he's hauled in 16 of 16 targets for 202 yards and a score was hyper-productive at Harvard when given an opportunity. If he had enough snaps to qualify, he'd currently be PFF's number 13 tight end when sorted by receiving. So the guy's just been playing lights out to start. Uh, Giants have allowed opposing tight ends an 80% catch rate over the last 10 games. DK and FanDuel are a little bit onto this. They don't have him priced at the Stoneman but he is bottom barrel over at Yahoo, where he's 10 bucks.
1: Yeah, well, we do know this is a, a Harvard-approved Harvard show. For, so uh, we like Ryan Fitzpatrick on this show. We like Anthony yeah. Fergster, it sounds like, too. Uh, we got to get on out of here, though. Uh, before we go, though, I just want to drop the Yahoo code for us. Uh, just so you know, if you want to sign up, there is a uh, first-time deposit matching bonus of $30 with the promo code GRINDERS30. So, uh, again, it is GRINDERS30. Get on that Yahoo contest, guys. It's going to be a good time. It's $20 entry uh $200 altogether if you want to max enter and i suggest doing that it should be a lot of fun uh any final thoughts for us scott tyler uh, anything else you want to give the people before we get on out of here
3: not really but uh
1: uh we we miss
3: you brett you, you did a good job trevor uh that's it for me hey trevor did you do that on
1: purpose it's travis i don't know payback <laughs> oh if you did it on purpose. Back. Uh, he got the payback man throwing the shade oh. at me it's all good though but uh hey man maybe Burt will be maybe Burt won't come back maybe he'll be stuck on a disney cruise and uh, i lost forever maybe he'll be stuck with me again so uh Hope we so. gotta we gotta get out of here those guys there is a show following us so uh for me trevor for scott and tyler we are gone